0: This is Mark Viquez, regional correspondent with the website Stadium Journey, the industry's leader in sports, travel, and reviews. Check out the new and improved website, but please pardon her dust, we're still uploading a lot of content, uh, which there's a ton, but there's only a few of us doing it, so be patient. All right, I have two guests today, and they are part of the URE Wampus Cats. With me is president and co-owner Greg Sullivan. And the head coach, Houston Wright, gentlemen, welcome to the show.
1: How you doing? Thank you.
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. So, Wampus Cats. I actually was in a kickball league, and our main rivals were the Wampus Cats. We were called the Sunny Chibas. They were the Wampus Cats, and we would battle it out. So, uh, any connection to a, an old Indianapolis kickball team from 2007?
2: I wish we'd known about it. We might have made made the you know parallels more obvious, but. Uh... No you know there are some random teams kind of oh. like that around the country that have similar names um you know I've always just kind of liked the like the words and uh the way they sound but also uh you know I think it's a it's a fun um oh, yeah drawing as well right so, and and there's meaning correct
0: or is that made up yeah.
2: or is that actual meaning? absolutely so so uh I guess the best background is just you know, you are um, so we're in the town of Albemarle. Um, it's a region. It's, you know, it's east of Charlotte by about an hour. And really it's kind of like the place where people from Charlotte go to do their outdoorsy stuff. It's, uh, you know, there's a zoo, there's mountains, lakes, uh, a very like, you know, a lot of wildlife. There's a national, um, national forest. Um, so lots of stuff there. and, And it's really, uh, you know, Albemarle in that area, it's like a, you know, there, you got a county of 60, 70,000 people, but then it really is kind of the hub for most of the surrounding counties. Um, So it's, it's really kind of a, you know, it's a micropolitan area and then bigger than that is is a region. And, uh, you know, I think the area because of, you know, people coming in to spend their weekends on the lakes, Um, And there's people spending time outdoors in that forest. Um, It gets a lot of like Bigfoot sightings and Wampus cat sightings and things like that. So, you know, there are already a few teams around the country um, at the affiliated minor league level with uh, the Eugene Emeralds. Um, You know, you see a few. Um, like the spearfish, sasquatch at, in the summer ball ranks, um, the Boone Bigfoots. Boone Bigfoots. You know, there, there's I a them. there's a handful, and uh, you know, I was like, "Well, why isn't there a baseball team called the Wampus Cats?" And you know, now there is.
0: Yeah, and it's it's nice to be the first. I don't think anybody else is called the Wampus Cats in summer collegiate or indie pro. Uh, yeah, anything of that nature. So I know yeah. I think I first heard about the team The team, maybe not the name. Uh, through a buddy of mine jason morongas who uh has that baseball map which i'm like addicted to it because i always want to see what logos are going to pop up and uh, i told him he should make that sort of like share it with everybody so we can all see so uh when i saw the wampus cats i'm like oh yeah there's their logo and it kind of reminds a little bit of a tom and jerry
2: like, yeah, we, we to strike a balance there of you want it to be intimidating, but not scare off little kids from coming yes. to your games. So it's a we think it's still very cool and has some street cred, but at the same time, isn't just freaky for the sake of being freaky. Um, but I did to go to the freaky for a second, getting back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, there is also a kind of a bizarre history if you look online of. Um, You know, around the 1920s and 30s of these like reported uh, livestock thefts, um, goats gone missing. uh, And uh, so there were a lot of news articles. I know the wampus cats are kind of the South, Appalachia, it's it's kind of everywhere. But in North Carolina in particular, there are a lot of like kind of bizarre old news stories back in the day um, that uh, kind of make you wonder, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I know.
0: Southern Indiana, there's some sort of creature out there that people claim lives in the uh, Hoosier State Forest. And of course, I'm from New Jersey, so we have the Jersey Devil. And uh, you just gotta wonder: are, are they out there eluding us all these years? You know, <laughs> like what's going on there? So, Wampus Cats, and uh, you guys are expansion team. You're you didn't move from anywhere. Is that nope. okay. That's right. So started from the ground up, and you you picked your manager, Houston Wright. How did you get involved with the club?
1: Uh, So I think I had uh, first gotten to coaching, and I seen the disco turkeys, and I think I tried to get their attention. And they ended up following me back. Well, I'm like a big hitting coach guy, so I was like, hey, are you guys looking for hitting coaching? And me and Greg got in touch, and it was probably like one or two weeks later he called me about this opportunity. So that's how me and him linked up to begin with.
0: And what were you doing before? Were you involved with any other team?
1: So, no, I, uh, I graduated from the University of Tennessee at Martin, just like northwest Tennessee. Yep. I went there and then I went and played in the Frontier League up in New York and up in Albany. And then I got my first coaching job here and I was grinding out all fall and then me and him had got in touch.
0: OK, oh, so you so OK, so those are Valley Cat. All right. That's yeah, a yeah. hat. Okay, I, like I did not make the connection. I didn't know they were sporting those colors. Nice, <laughs> nice. No, so this,
1: yeah, this is Catawba Valley. So, oh, these okay, like right. a, ultra, we have like a baby blue jersey, but we're not okay. wearing them this year. There's like vintage, it's just t shirt.
0: Okay, so so you're done playing professional ball, you're you're a yeah. coach now. Okay, what yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, why quit so young? Is it just you realize uh, your futures in coaching?
1: Yeah, well, I had a uh, pretty bad labrum tear in my oh, sh- right dead shoulder. Dead. Yeah, yeah, I had a bad injury. And I was up there this summer, and, like, my shoulder, I felt like my shoulder was about to fall off. So, I was just like, you're maybe dying. this the man above trying to tell me you need to stay yeah. in the game, but another way. So, yeah, that's yeah. just how I took it ran with it.
0: Yeah, no, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I've talked to a lot of guys, you know, pretty young, and I'm, they're like, yeah, I can't play, I'm injured. It's It's going to be yeah. – it's not going to be worth it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have a buddy who played division three baseball. And after two years, he's like, yeah, you know, I want to enjoy college. You know, I I, I had my fun. I'm done. And uh, he was just telling me that story the other day. I've known the guy for several years. I never, I never knew that. never knew he, he was playing for Hanover, uh, Indiana several years ago. So, you know, that's good when you know your time's up or, you know, you, you jump to another, uh, another position there. So, Uh, that's awesome so how are things right now it's a brand new club you're independent you're not connected to a league Uh, how's the team coming along finding players letting people know about this team and and that's up for anybody
2: yeah I'll I'll, I'll start that one just you know I know for Houston he's kind of wearing two hats because he's uh you know coaching over there and I'm sure he's working more than full-time right now because their uh their season's starting up already down here so uh I think he's got games that's coming up this week or this weekend. And uh, we are also kind of on the side, me and him are in touch, working on the roster. Um, he's doing some stuff with that. And, uh, you know, so I'm kind of keeping things moving on the business side and, and uh, he's, he's been uh, working a lot with the team, but also, you know, he's diving into his season. So, um, you know, he can tell you a little bit more about that, but I think his his life's about to get busy and, uh, some cold weather baseball.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. What's cold weather baseball to you? Because I was in Cincinnati watching an interest squad game of the Bearcats. I slipped on ice and hurt myself. It, it was nice. We still had ice, but it was, uh, you know, we still had to have a jacket on and gloves. What's the weather yeah. like down there for you guys? What's, what's cold baseball to you?
1: I would say probably, probably 30s, 30s with okay. a little wind because yeah. when i was uh, up in west tennessee it got down to like 15 20 and i was that was pretty well was not fun at all but it's a little warmer here like today was like 55 and of course it an off day so tomorrow liable to be 30 degrees with 20 hour winds so that's just yeah. how it goes
0: yeah no no i i get that that's uh, i think everywhere you go around this time of year and uh you know for, for folks who are listening to this podcast this is early february uh, so right now in the Midwest it's cold. Down south you're gonna have 55, 65 days, and uh, I, I, you know, you could have 65 degrees in New York City right now, followed by 20 degree dips. So <laughs> it's just kind of wacky weather we have here. So when is uh, when does your season start for the uh, like when does your season end in college? And then how quick is the turnover when you when you join the Wampus Cats, Houston?
1: So it could be. I think our region tournament is either May the tenth or something, then like it'll be super, super. they have like super regional division two Juco. That's probably like the seventeenth to twentieth and then the World Series is probably the twenty first to like the twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and then I'm sure we start like end of May. Yeah. So I'll be probably right there, right right off the No yeah. break.
0: Just Yeah, no break.
1: No, nah, yeah, no break. I'm used to it though. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. No, no, that's great. That's great. And then once uh, the team does start, what uh, ballpark are you guys playing at? I I don't know too much about it, but what can you tell
2: me? Yeah, um, so we'll be at Don Montgomery Park. It's uh, in the downtown area of Albemarle. Um, it's 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 I would you know it's definitely not a stadium. I'm, I'm trying to think of the right, the right way to describe it. I would say, you know, it was home of a junior college program um, a few years back. Till that. Program ceased in 2012. Um, so, you know, it's had college baseball before, and, you know, there's definitely some people there that are really excited about it coming back. Um, but yeah, you know, I think for us, like, you know, it's not going to be something where there's going to be 3,000 people in the crowds um, this year. I think it's, you know, a facility that if you get six or 700 people, it's going to look like a madhouse nice um but that that can be a lot of fun and you know i've I've gone to some facilities around the southeast where sometimes those environments are really cool um there's a team in the charlotte area called the morrisville spinners they that's a team we play a lot and they're kind of a team that i can see us being like because they they have 500 600 700 people um kind of rowdy you know um so we're, we're looking for you know to really create a a vibe and an atmosphere with our games. Um, you know, we'll have like concessions, beer sales, um, bring in some food trucks. We'll have a mascot. We're going to be kind of, you know, doing all the things that the disco turkeys do in the stadium settings, uh, but do it in, in that kind of more intimate space. Um, you know, but, but I think the big thing is we're in an area that's really hungry for baseball. So, you know, we'll have to get the hunter out to the not that uh, you know, we we'll have to get a ballpark hunter um video show one time.
0: Yeah, that that it tell you they they keep putting new teams in uh, North Carolina. I mean, it's like like hey, Mark, we got you know we got a team here, we got a team there. Uh, mm-hmm. just talked to um, the corn dogs a few weeks ago. Okay. And, uh, You know, I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous the amount of teams that are just popping up that are that already exists and you, you got your taste of triple a to high a to low a down to summer collegiate uh so yeah it's a trevor it's a treasure trove so believe you me. um <laughs> just have to let the wife know i'm gonna be in north carolina for a week or two just that's great watching baseball every day uh but you're right about the 500 seat ballparks uh, we have the great lakes league up here which is summer collegiate And their ballparks are small. And they're small little towns like Lima, Ohio and and Salina, Ohio. I think I'm saying that right. And they are a lot of fun. They have beer gardens. They have some great promotions, local beer, just, you know, merchandise. And you're like, man, I don't need a 3,000-seat stadium to have fun. And they're intimate ballparks. They're nothing spectacular. They're high school fields sometimes. So. You know, uh is wh- whoever's listening here, yeah, check out some of these smaller ballparks because uh you're right, it becomes a madhouse and it's a community involvement and, and I love seeing small town baseball. I really appreciate a lot more than I did uh pre pandemic. So much uh, best best of luck for that. So uh right yeah. now, merchandise tickets, how does this yeah. look?
2: Yeah, so merchandise. We've got some now. Uh, we had some with the launch, and you know, by the time this comes out, we might have even more. Uh, but we've got some shirt options. D- we started with the dad hat, which I know you know. We've got some dad hat fans out there, which yeah. we I know we both know a couple, right? Yeah, Edward Vera.
0: Uh, <laughs> As he, he's the one that podcast? comes to mind. As I'm sure, I'm
2: sure he's bought one. I have to look.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, well, the, the guy's insane. He buys like three or four a week, I think. And <laughs> you know, I got this hat for 10 bucks at Lids up in an outlet mall in Chicago. And I'm like, yeah, 30 bucks. You know, I must really like that hat if I'm going to invest, you know, 60 yeah. plus bucks, 120 bucks a week. But hey, to each its own.
2: I mean, people love <laughs> hats. I've definitely learned, you know, especially like these like fitted new era type hats. It's it's a thing for a lot of people
0: yeah no i think the problem i have is i'll order a hat it's like oh that looks so great and you get it and it just doesn't fit right i always like to try the hat on now most of the time like with a dad hat you know exactly how that's gonna look they don't look good on me (laughs) these are the type of hats i like the the 47 (laughs) adjustables, uh flex fit as well i just i love the thick brim i i i hate the boxy on field hats i'm i'm picky I'm, I'm a hat snob so <laughs> i like to try the hat on so if i'm gonna invest 30 bucks and i get the hat i'm not gonna be like oh man this stinks i'm not gonna wear it like i, I have a pistol shrimps hat from mm-hmm. the prospect league i love the logo i love that name but the hat it, i don't know what's going on with it. it doesn't look right on me so you know only cost me 10 bucks because <laughs> it was on retail but you know we'll uh yeah, you, you live and learn. It, it could have been worse. It could have been much worse. So, uh, what? Uh, speaking of uh, hats, what are your uniforms going to look like? You going traditional? You, you're doing monochrome, yellow or orange or brown? Padres influence?
2: Yeah, I think I think there'll be some Padres influence. Um, we're working on those now. Um, you know, we're very drawn to some like sleeveless designs, V-neck designs. So, really looking in those eras at uh, kind of what works. Um, but yeah, the colors for the team, you know, you don't see, aside from the Padres, a lot of yellow, brown, uh, orange shades, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a, one thing that's cool about it too is it's 180 degrees from disco turkeys, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that wasn't important for me personally, but also like, they're going to play each other a lot. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I think just some of those old Padres styles are just really cool.
0: Yeah, no, I I remember, I mean, I go way back. I remember when they were in the World Series in 1984 and they had those jerseys. And then the next year they came out with something very traditional. But I always tell the younger generation, that was the wave. Everybody was getting away from 70s looks in the mid to late 80s. And by 1987, it was like, boom, Oakland, Chicago, Atlanta were going back with these traditional looks. Now I think that the old... You know, now I think the old traditional looks are those looks from the seventies and eighties. So I love seeing them. I love seeing the pullovers more than the button up. Uh, so, but they look good fashionably. They look good for us fans. But what about a player, or coach? Uh, is there a certain uniform? Like, are you okay wearing a brown, yellow, and orange jersey? Or yeah, a... no, no, I'm.
1: I'm, I'm... I'm Oh. like i'm just glad to be out there so i
2: yeah. think
1: summer ball is cool because you never know like wherever you're going to go in the country you're going to have something you- did y'all lose connection with me
0: a little bit yeah yeah i heard that a little yeah i got you yeah I, I didn't get the first part you said something like I asked you the question and as soon as you, you went to answer it, it just cut off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that the, uh, the color. Yeah.
0: I think we lost Houston there. <laughs> <laughs> OK, we'll we'll wait for him to get back up. This, this could be all edited. And, and Hey, this is what happens sometimes. Uh, you yeah, know, sometimes sometimes it's at my end, but did you hear what Houston said? Did he?
2: Uh, I heard like a, about a sentence. I yeah, think.
0: well, I mean, you know, we, we remember Chris Sale, you know, didn't like those one jerseys that the White Sox had, <laughs> cut them up. Like, I just don't want Houston going in there and cutting up your, you know, your <laughs> monochrome jersey yeah. with a giant wampus. Well, guy. I think they'll
2: be, yeah, I mean, he hasn't seen them yet, so <laughs> okay. you know, he'll probably like him. Yeah, he's and he's having a he's me he so he's having a connection problem and okay. uh he's going to try to get back on. All
0: right. Well, you know, if he if he joins us, we'll we'll make room for him. Uh it's yeah, it, it happens. Sometimes I get knocked off and then, <laughs> then, I, then that really screws everybody up. So, uh so who's making <laughs> yeah. your jerseys is it uh like you're going to have you going to Oh, here we go. Let's see what here. Here he comes and joins us. All right, Houston. Okay, we'll let them. We'll let them get back on. So, who uh, who's making your jersey? Locally, national brand?
2: Uh, I think we're leaning towards three and two sports. Um, huh. I don't know if that's what we made the final call on. So, you know, a, a brand that pretty common in the. I think the Wilmington Sharks wear them. Um, the Must Mustangs wear them. Um, the I think the Bananas wore them last year. So a lot oh, of yeah. I've seen them around, but.
0: All right, nice. Okay, well, Houston, how's everything? It's good.
1: I lost connection for a second.
0: I yeah, I know it happens. It figure happens. Figure it out. So I guess the question that I was asking was, uh, as a player, you know, are there a certain jerseys – I mean, does it, does it matter what jersey to wear? Is it like, okay, this is too gaudy for me or too stoop, silly? What's your take it's as
1: a uh, uh Just me. I did summer ball for, like, four years. So, like, I went from teams in the Coastal Plain League – Supposed to go to the cave, then I went to like a team called the Edenton Steamers, and we had like black and black and like sleeveless. So like, I think the colors that we came out with will be able to like catch eye because you don't see them colors like a no. lot because that's the old retro Padres colors. So yeah. I think it's different. Like I've I've always been in love with like summer ball team colors. Like everything's unique. Every team has something different that's eye catching. So I think the colors are going to be the ones that catch your eyes and stuff like that.
0: Okay, and then sleeveless, you know, somebody told me once that sleeveless jerseys were not popular. Is that somebody – not true?
1: No. Uh, no, nah, we – uh, I think they're pretty popular, especially in summer ball, because I know, like, the Tri-City Chili Pepper was warm. Yeah, I know the Edison Steamers wore them a little bit. So – and then here at my college, we have – the guys are playing by We have uh, sleeveless jerseys for them. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's their yeah. Uh, punishment. Yeah, no, I coached um, – They play for a uh, sleeve. Okay,
0: uh, yeah, I coached middle school baseball, and we had sleeveless jerseys, and our colors were navy blue and orange. Oh, yeah. So one year we did all blue undershirts and hats, and another year we did orange. And I remember there was there was some uh, one of the rival schools. Oh, you sleeveless jerseys? That's something you wore in the '60s. I'm like, what? They do. So could have been could have been an old fogey. <laughs> Just giving me giving me garage. We weren't a really good team, you know, but we I thought we looked pretty good with our jerseys. And I, I love how we went blue and orange. Sometimes the kids would mix it up, so that was a little bit of a problem. But it was middle school. So all right. So the wampus cats. So you guys are gonna look sharp? You're gonna stand out. Uh request for merchandise. I always ask new teams. How how has orders been across the globe, across the country?
2: You know, it's it's really different from, uh, the disco turkeys where it was really across the world. Um, we have had orders and, uh, what is very different. is just how regional and local they are really getting a sense. I think one real positive I've seen is it's not just the city of Albemarle that the local orders are coming from. It's like cities, 20, 30 minutes in every direction. Okay, so that good. makes me feel like choosing the regional name of Youari might have been a smart move, um, you know, because I feel like that you know some of these towns like Mount Pleasant, North Carolina, Ellerby, North Carolina, um, you know the Anson County, uh, Montgomery County, like these places near Albemarle um, seem to be responding well to it too, and it's that's pretty encouraging. Well, that, that's good
0: feedback so far. And, you know, you definitely want to make sure that, uh, you know, everybody knows about your team. So how many home games are you guys playing this year? What's what's that looking like with an independent schedule?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing with the independent schedules. We can kind of do whatever we want, right? But I, I think, uh, you know, we're going to end up probably around 22, 23 home games. Um, we can play up to 25 with our lease. And then, uh, you know, I think we definitely wanted to play at least 20. Um, And, uh, yeah, we're getting, getting pretty close to done. You mentioned the corn dogs earlier. We just got off the, got off the phone with them a week or two ago and they're, they're going to be coming to Albemarle to play us. So the fans will like having another team with a fun name like that coming in. Um, you know, definitely the disco turkeys will be coming down a lot and going, you know, the Wampus cats will be going to play them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, it'll be, it'll be a good schedule. Um, it's different because, you know, when it's as a team, before you have a name and stuff, it's kind of awkward scheduling the games because people are like, well, what, what's your name? Where are you playing? And you're like, oh, man, you know, I can tell you a certain amount here, you know, yeah. yeah. To be determined. I get it.
0: So I know, uh, I know I had asked you before the, we went on uh, the pros and cons of being either independent or being a, a club member of a, of a league like coastal plain or the, you know, prospect league, something like that. Uh, This is your second team now that's independent. What makes you go this route? And is this – are we going to see more of this? Because obviously there's a lot of other teams that are doing this.
2: Well, I I think it's there's a lot of work involved doing it that way. I mean, on one hand, you have to – you know, the scheduling is a ton of work regardless. And I think it's even more so um, when you're going this direction – You know, there's definitely a lot of pros to being in the league for sure. Absolutely. Like, you know, I'm sure on some purchases and league deals and stuff like that, there's a lot of pros, but um, for us, it's just been a good fit. Um, And, you know, and I will say too, like, you know, um, everyone cares about their team's reputation, you know, they want to be known as a good program. They want to get some good crowds. They want to, you know, the players and college coaches like what they're doing. Um, I think there's even more onus in some ways being an independent uh, because you're, you know, in a 12 team league, a couple teams have a bad reputation or one year they can maybe kind of recover from that um, just on the name of their league. Um, You know, I think in some ways this team, at least from the start was benefited from the disco turkeys reputation. Um, But I think, you know, going forward, these two teams as independents um, have to really work hard to, you know, earn their reputation within the baseball community and also with the fans. So, I mean, you know, I think, I think there's challenges to both and, and, you know, some benefits to both. And I think the benefit, you know, is for us, it's, it's been the flexibility. Um, you know, obviously with the, with facilities in Winston-Salem, you know, having shared a facility and, you know, kind of working around another team's schedule and, and, you know, I think last year we talked some about playing some games offsite with that team. I mean, it's, you know, that's a, that's a challenge. And I think being in a league that would have been kind of almost impossible, you know? Yeah. Um, so for that team, it helped, you know, and I think, you know, I, I think that team's reputation really benefited both teams this year. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the future is, but I'm, I'm uh, I've enjoyed you know kind of in some ways kind of going out on our own on these
0: because i mean your goal is not to join a league i mean that could happen you know if the cards work out right right okay all right and then i guess travel what's the furthest you guys are traveling i know uh uh getting a a charter bus is almost like five bucks a mile these days (laughs) yeah
2: but the hockey fans are telling me so Sure. So yeah, I mean, that's a challenge for every team. And I, I, you know, I hear like some very large teams say it's a challenge for them that are, you know, they have larger uh, budgets than we do, we'll say. But um, yeah, for for most of the teams in the Charlotte area, you know, just because there's so many teams around there, you know, like per mile or whatever, mm-hmm. um, most most teams are, you know, just going 30 minutes an hour so so it's not really a travel heavy type situation um you know really as far as like transportation and just kind of thinking through travel like the the big trips we're doing are um a couple coastal plain league games so we're going to have an exhibition out in boone against the Bigfoots, um and then also the wilmington sharks um so we're excited about both of those and i think you know and houston can speak to this too but I, i think what I've heard from players last couple of years with our other team has been, um, you know, they like playing a few of those games to kind of see where they're at. So like if, you know, a freshman or junior, they want to play against some of these like sec, ACC upperclassmen, just to kind of see how they can stack up, especially if they aspire to be a pro. So giving them a couple of those games here and there, I think goes a long way. And then just other than that, trying to get some decent competition and then, uh, kind of make the travel manageable so you know guys aren't kind of hung up on that so no no you're right you know i've, I've seen a lot of stories
0: about travel ball and you know i've worked in professional sports too i could tell you some stories from from the soccer end uh but from the players perspective uh houston what are uh what are you looking for most you know what how are you scouting players for the upcoming season like what are you expecting to get out of your team this year Maybe it's too early,
1: so yeah, I uh, okay, so yeah we got we got a pretty decent amount of guys right now I've been, yeah, I grinded over Christmas break really talking to a lot of guys talking to all kinds of schools and stuff, so good thing about how Marl is and you are they're around like a lot of places, so it's not a crazy drive for most people, so just like texting like if I find a kid, he might know somebody that might get me in touch with some of his. Friends or their coaches, blah, blah, blah. It's just really like a big – it's all a connection. Like there's always a connection, even if it's a coach to a player, a player to a player. There's all connections there. And I think especially being a new team, at the beginning, you just had to tell them like, hey, we're going to be a new team. They're asking, of course, the obvious questions like, what's the team name, when's it going to be released? But now since that happened, I think next couple weeks, we'll probably get a lot more kids interested in this and stuff like that. So I think it's it's especially going to be going up the next month or two. Yeah, so no, I, an I think dive. I think
2: Mark too, just kind of expanding on what Houston said, um, you know, because it's such a talent-rich area, we also haven't really had to deal, uh, you know, we're gonna have some host families, but we're not having to bring in like 30 kids from out of state. It's it's oh. most probably like, you know, four out of five guys are from North Carolina. So it's it's which will help us, I think, at the gate and just you know, help it be a good crowd, um, but also, yeah, like you know, guys are like living 20 minutes away, driving to the ballpark to play a home game. You know?
0: No, no, you can't complain about that. I I know in the uh, Independent Atlantic League 20 years ago, I was talking to one gentleman who grew up in New Jersey, and he was playing for Somerset at the time. He's like, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm 30 some years old. Um, this is my last year. It's just nice being able to tuck my kid into bed. And, and take them to school and go to the ballpark later on. So th- that is such a great aspect at any age uh, to be able to commute. So it's, uh should be a lot of fun this year and definitely look forward to uh, hearing more about you guys. Um, obviously it's, it's going to be a small time feel beer, hot dogs, all that usual stuff. Uh, anything we can expect on social media, you guys going to go like the Portland pickle, Savannah banana route or,
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, that's go a turkey little, route. Yeah. I mean, I think the bigger, the better, you know, these guys, they want to be, you know, getting attention and attracting attention. And, you know, I think, you know, I don't know if there'll be an actual Wampus cast sighting, but I mean, we actually have a literal, like, you can like, like we might see if the guys want to go fishing before the game. Cause there's like a pond kind of thing, like, 30 feet from the outfield so it's like you know it's almost I wouldn't call it a swamp you know but it's like a kind of a a bog area which is kind okay. of has some okay. character and I don't know I just I have a feeling this is going to be like the thing to do you know this it's a kind of a unique area just different and uh the the types of you know calls and and emails and messages I've gotten already have been great like we even had a a guy who played at the old junior college who he already had a podcast about us uh 2 days after we launched and like you know just people kind of come out of the woodworks reaching out it's been cool so we might be, have this like cult following i, I have a feeling in a, in a good way you know i have a feeling that could happen
0: oh cult followings are good
2: yeah yeah i, I going on with that i know it's uh
0: yeah, it should be a lot of fun, and you're right. If the community really gets involved and and has something organically, you know, people come out and have these calls of of what a Wampus Cat sound, like. <laughs> you know, just yeah, it it could be it could add a whole new dimension uh, of going to the game. So I look forward to it, and I'll let people know. Yeah, we got a new ball club, and they are the Wampus Cats. So, gentlemen, thank you for coming on. And and before you guys leave, uh, where can we find you?
2: Yeah, the WampusCatsBaseball.com. Um, there's a merchandise tab there um, on the site. And then uh, we're also on all your social media channels at, at Go GoWampusCats.
0: Okay. And then uh, Greg's also uh, the man behind the Disco Turkeys. So they'll be out and about as well this year. So check them out too. And uh, I guess before you guys go, anything new with the Disco Turkeys since I, I got you on here?
2: Just getting ready to play the Wampus Cats, you know, I I think, you know, the big thing for us is like our, our big rival, the Boone Bigfoots have joined the coastal Plain league. So we're going to be able to continue that rivalry, but not playing them quite as much. So we really thought for the Disco Turkeys to be healthy, they needed a primary rival um, that we could play like 10 or 11 times, you know? Oh, yeah. uh, just really kind of have a you know like a trophy cup just kind of duke it out with each other so you know we thought we could probably do a better job of building one you know than we could finding one especially as an independent when other teams are you know restricted by league schedules and stuff so i'm excited just personally just to see the two teams face each other um you know, and especially now that I'm starting to see the roster of the Wampus Cats, I think it's going to be a really even matchup, which is, Uh-oh. you know, I think you're always kind of hoping that would be the case. But now that we've got some Division One guys some Division Two guys, just kind of all, all the way up and down, um, some really good talent, um, you know, I, I think the two teams will challenge each other. So I'm right. excited about that.
0: Yeah. You feel the same way, Houston?
1: Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, I'm very excited to see that rivalry, how it goes. It's going to be a very competitive game, so I can't wait.
0: All right, okay. Houston, anything else you want to say before uh, we uh, close things up tonight? No, shot. I'm out? just
1: uh, very excited for the first year, and hopefully uh, everybody in Alchemar and the U area around that area come out and support us. It's going to be a great atmosphere and great baseball, so I can't wait. All
0: right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on. That's Houston Wright. He's your head coach of the Wampus Cats and president and co-owner Greg Sullivan. Uh, Thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate it. Great interview. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. All right. Good episode. Good episode. Uh, A little difficulty with with Houston, but you know, you can talk to Dan Calachico and and Dave and Paul from the Stadium Journey podcast, and I'm usually the guy screwing things up with the with the the uh, Wi-Fi. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm able to do this in the basement now because of a more powerful router, and uh, I think it's a better better fit. Plus, I got this new desk that lifts up, and you just guys saw that live. I can move up with it, so <laughs> so. Let me let me make sure I say this right. The Uari 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 Wampus Cats, and they're at Don Montgomery Park, and they'll be playing twenty home dates. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Like I said, North Carolina, you guys have you know e- even like your small quaint parks are better than our small quaint ballparks up here in the Hoosier State. So uh, there's a lot of baseball to be seen during the summertime. So make sure you fit those guys in. Uh, you'll probably like what you see, prices and the the, the old old town old town feel. Uh, really, really like that atmosphere. The Great Lakes League really opened up my eyes to what a 500 seat ballpark can be like. You know, I was a little bit of a ballpark snob. I'm like, I'm not going to the Great Lakes League. You guys don't play nice ballparks. And I remember I went to one. Um, actually, was I went with my mom to Hamilton Joe's ballpark foundation field in uh just north of cincinnati and that was the last ballpark i i went to a mom my mom with uh before she passed about a year later and she liked it she loved that ballpark she was like it's small you're close they have food they have nice merchandise for my grandson it's it's like five bucks to get in there's not loud noise she didn't like loud noises so uh, my my mom was, yeah, her last game was at a small ballpark, and this was after a tour of going up to Green Bay and the Milwaukee Milkmen, and where else did we go? We went to Fond du Lac, which she hated because she had difficulty um, with the seating there, but they did drive her from the parking lot up to the entrance, so she liked that, so kudos to the Dock Spiders for doing that. So, yeah, small ballparks. Maybe I'll do an episode on just talking about the The benefits and the love of going to a baseball game at a small ballpark you know like a 500 seater a thousand you know like an amateur ballpark in minnesota or limeport or some of these small summer collegiate leagues so yeah uh sorry just you know thinking about my mom that's all all right, well, I'm going to end it on that note. And I appreciate you guys coming on here to listen or watching. Uh, there's a lot of great baseball people that I've talked to this year, and I appreciate you guys making your time to come on. I don't know who's going to come on next. <laughs> I think I have the Gem City Bisons coming on. You know, I, that may just be the running joke. Every episode, I'm just going to log off and say, I think the Gem City Bisons are coming on. Uh, but I think they're coming on. And I think I have I uh, I think I have the Fort Wayne Tin Caps as well. Uh, not a set date. But uh, John Nolan and I were we're both from um, we're both from what they call Central New Jersey, but it's not really Central New Jersey, and, and we'll discuss that when he gets on here. But he's on his honeymoon right now; or he just got back. So I'm not going to bother the guy. Uh, we'll catch up to him sometime later in the spring. Anyway, guys, check me out: Ballpark Hunter at YouTube, at Instagram, at Twitter. Twitter. You got to say like uh, Patrick Stewart. Twitter. Follow him at Twitter. And uh, you can also read my articles at Stadium Journey. The industry's leader in sports travel. We have a brand new website. And it has a map. It's new and approved. Uh, So check us out there. And, uh, you know, I better get going before I do my John Houseman voice. Stadium Journey. The industry's leader
1: in
0: sports travel. They do it the old function way. So guys, thank you. We'll see you again. Stay safe and uh, adios. Bye-bye.